0: When you put those two together, a quality company with also a bit of a panic in the prior year, that often creates a recipe for a a strong rebound. And that's what you've seen with Amazon, especially with Meta and even Tesla. You know, these guys just had a banner, you know, first halves of the year.
1: This episode of Early Bird Brian Caderna, certified financial planner and founder of the Caderna Financial Team. Brian joins the podcast today to talk about how each stock sector performed in the first half of 2023, including a look at why technology stocks had a great first 6 months of the year. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get through today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Brian, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing today? Good, good. Thanks for having me on here, Stephen. I'm excited for our conversation. I'm excited too, Brian. Thank you for joining. We're going to talk about the stock market in the first half of 2023, which sectors are performing well, which sectors have not performed well, everything that investors need to know about that. Uh, But before we do that, Brian, in about 30 seconds or less, um, what should the audience know about you?
0: Yep, so I guess very uh, you know quick cliff notes. I started as a financial advisor right out of college, out of the College of New Jersey in 2008 and uh, began building my own private practice right out the gates. So I've uh, been doing it just over 15 years now. And, um, you know, I, I love helping people. I love talking, you know, economics and personal finance. And I have a show, the Kaderna podcast, where we address wealth and its original meaning, a state of well-being. And uh, my latest venture was my book published by McGraw-Hill earlier this year, which is called What Should I Do With My Money?
1: Nice. Uh, You have an impressive background. It's perfect for today's topic as we look at the the stock market this year. Um, I know we're going to talk about the sectors, but overall, market seemed pretty good uh, for the first half. Uh, Did that surprise you at all?
0: It it did. I mean, I'll say going into this year, I was like, you know, I think so much of the hysteria was always, you know, already baked into the uh, the stock prices that we saw in 2022. So remember the stock market is, you know, a forward uh, economic indicator. So it's immediately re- reflecting the data and the, uh, the, the rumors and the uh, sort of the emotion and the liquidity that's out there. Um, so I think when the Fed was just cranking the rates last year, the market was in a bit of a panic mode and correcting quickly, especially in the tech sectors. Um, so I think going into this year, it was like, you know, I think we're kind of getting our feet on the ground, hoping for a positive year. But I'll be honest, I didn't think it would be this positive, you know, at the halfway point.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's incredible to see what, what the market has done before. Um, looking at the sectors for the year, which sector jumps out to you uh, the most so far? Yeah,
0: so the one certainly that jumps off the page is the NASDAQ. And so I think most people look at the NASDAQ as synonymous with tech. And, you know, technology, they, the big dogs, they make up most of the mega cap stocks uh, that we noticed today. That's your your Apple's, your Microsoft's, your, your Google, uh, you know, Meta, etc. Uh, so those guys are killing it this year. And at the halfway point, so at the close of the second quarter, uh, the Nasdaq was up over 31 percent year to date. Now that's the biggest first half rally that the index has had since 1983. So I think that's the one that everyone's like, "Man, technology is on just a tear." And uh, and we can get into some of the other ones as well, but that's certainly the uh, kind of the golden child of this year.
1: Yeah, Nasdaq has had a great first half uh, for 2023. Um, way ahead of the S&P 500 and uh, way, way ahead of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Um, So it sounds like technology and communication services really led the way for the stock market in the first half of the year.
0: It did. It did. And you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the S&P 500 also off to a great start. Uh, It's up about 16% through the first half of the year. Um, So very good, but literally about half of what the NASDAQ has done. And bear in mind, so much of, of these NASDAQ companies are also the biggest players in the S&P. So there is a little bit of an overlap there. Um, but the s and is off to a good start. You, you see a lot of the growth stocks in there. Now, the, the Dow Jones, that's because that, that can have some more value companies in it. It's a much smaller index. Um, you're seeing, like you mentioned, the Dow didn't do too bad in 2022. But now the flip side, here we are in 2023, it hasn't really caught so much of the rebound yet. Um, so that's where, you know, people who say, hey, I'm just indexing with S&P, they're happy. People that, you know, like technology, like the AI wave and some of that, they're very happy.
1: <laughs> nice. I'd imagine that they would be ecstatic when they when they look at some of these numbers. Well, why do you think just overall, without mentioning any specific stocks, why do you think Uh, technology and communication services did so well in the first half of the year?
0: Yep. So I I think it's a a few things. I I would say first, you know, I'm a a firm believer in tech. I think that tech is leading the way. Um, You're seeing it's just so all encompassing in every aspect of life. You know, these these monster tech companies are just having such tremendous influence. And as a byproduct of that, they're huge and they're extremely profitable. So I think if we kind of look at the 10,000-foot view and say, you know, what does the future hold, uh, even if you did that a few years back, you would say, all right, technology has a lot to offer here. It has a very long runway and just tremendous investment potential in it. And so when you couple that, that just kind of organic ability of the index with also what happened in 2022, which was a severe pullback, I think it was poised going into this year to say, okay, it's kind of come back down to earth. It's corrected a bit where it's not so grossly overvalued, you know, as we were going into last year. And as such, you know, it was kind of time for a lot of folks to say, you know what, it's time to hop back in here. And they're not just going to be victims of Fed rate hikes that completely go by the wayside. These are the biggest companies in the world that we rely on. So when you look at last year when, you know, Amazon was literally cut in half and when Tesla, you know, down whatever it was, I think 60% last year, these are monster companies and you're like, you know what, their value didn't get halved, you know, in the span of one year. And so that's where you can find these discrepancies in market value versus real value. and, And I think that's, you know, really when you put those two together, a quality company, With also a bit of a panic in the prior year, that often creates a recipe for a a strong rebound. And that's what you've seen with Amazon, especially with Meta and even Tesla. You know, these guys just had a banner, you know, first halves of the year.
1: Absolutely. And I think one of the reasons maybe technology is getting a lot of attention, I can't believe we haven't mentioned it so far, has got to be the rise of artificial intelligence. Uh, Do you think that is also a factor driving? Um, the stock prices for tech companies? A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. So if, if we had kind of those two reasons I alluded to, you know, quality company that had maybe an overreaction to the downside last year, I think the third kind of shot in the arm is just what you said, AI. Uh, and now artificial intelligence has been around for quite a while. Um, I'm surprised that a lot of people are, are thinking like it just kind of was created this year with, with you know, Chat GPT kind of stealing so much thunder. Um, but it has been around and used fairly regularly, you know, since the beginning of the 21st century. Um, but as AI works, it, it's always learning. And so now the, the gains that it's making are compounding and happening at such a quick rate. <laughs> so everybody's jumping on board. And I think, and I get asked this a lot from my clients. They say, you know, if I want to get on the AI wave, where do I go? Do I find, you know, that little company that we're not really familiar with, but they came out with a great algorithm or a great concept. And do I want to hop on that? The answer is you can, but that's, you know, speculative. We don't have a lot of history to make that investment decision. And what happens is a lot of these companies, when they show their worth, then you have a Microsoft or an Apple that says, all right, we'll just buy them. We'll take over the entire company implement it into our product and then that's become another way to say, all right, I'll get exposure to this new concept of AI, but without taking you know extraordinary risk because I'm relying on some of the biggest companies in the world to make that decision
1: for me. Good point. When we return, we'll hear from Brian about the stock sectors that haven't performed well in 2023 and his advice for investors in the second half of the year. But first, let me tell you how you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, uh, Brian, today we're talking about the performance of the stock market in the first half of 2023, looking at the different sectors. And we've already discussed some of the sectors that have done very well, namely technology and also communication services in the first half of the year. I want to take a look at the flip side, some of the sectors that are lagging a bit. Um, What comes to mind?
0: Yeah. So I think two that, that maybe jump off the page. uh, Number one, uh, well, I I would say commodities Mm -hmm. in general, Um, But then if we kind of peel back the layers of the onion there, uh, if we look at gold, for instance, uh, gold has often been seen as sort of a haven in times of volatility. Um, You know, when people are kind of in that that panic mode, if you will, it's just been a knee jerk reaction to say, well, what about gold or what about these, you know, metals? Um, So gold year to date is up just over five percent. Um, So, you know, uh, uh, that's good. It's not down, but it certainly can't compare with the S&P or the NASDAQ that we talked about. And then oil. So oil was the only like real winner in 2022 when we had obviously the outbreak with Russia, Ukraine, and then the Fed rate hikes and, and this rampant inflation. Oil was a huge beneficiary of that, perhaps got overvalued last year, and as such, you know, we've seen at the pump, you know, gasoline prices have come down. Uh, the war with Ukraine and Russia isn't so kind of dominating the the global landscape right now. Um, so that's a good thing for the overall economy. But for people who are along oil and, and have stayed in that, uh, the oil is down right now about 12% year to date. Uh, so I would say that that's probably the biggest loser as an, as an index or as a... Uh, you know, particular product.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Oil stocks have not performed well. And in fact, I believe most energy stocks have not performed well in the first half of the year. Um, That's right. For for me, one category or one sector that really stands out as as a laggard would be the financial sector. We saw several regional banks collapse in the first half of 2023. And I think that sort of played a, a role in, in the overall sector. What do you make of where financials are and how they performed in the first half of the year
0: yep yeah that's that's another one to to examine um you know the financial sector has uh, had a lot to contend with (laughs) uh you know first off with with the interest rate hikes you know they they feel that you know first and foremost and um then i think you know there was an element of of kind of emotion uh, that was thrown into the mix with some of these, you know, mid-sized banks, you know, the First Republic, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, you know, when the three of those went down earlier this year, that did send a bit of a shockwave through the banking sector. And so uh, particularly the banks that are in that mid to smaller regional category uh, were hurt you know, significantly. Um, The larger banks, if you just saw recently, the the 23 biggest banks in the country, they all passed their annual stress test that they have to go through that the Federal Reserve Board runs. Um, So I think that they're in in better shape than a lot of people might give credit for right now. They kind of got lumped into the mix with some of the smaller ones that had those, uh, you know, mismanaged portfolios and um, kind of essentially bank runs. So yeah, the financial sector has lagged. Uh, I think some of that is real performance, and I think some of that could be some of the emotion from those bank runs.
1: Well, hopefully uh, financials have a better second half of the year. I hope so. And and, and the other sector that that, that stood out to me in a negative way I I think was healthcare. Um, A lot of healthcare Mm -hmm. companies struggled, including pharmaceutical companies. What, What happened in the healthcare sector in the first half of the year?
0: Yep. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't say that I'm an, an expert in in the healthcare space. Um but it, again what you're seeing here is in my opinion a bit of the pendulum effect where healthcare was so strong, you know, amid COVID, you know, you saw some of these pharmaceutical companies that uh you know, obviously were direct beneficiaries with some of the vaccines and things coming out, uh, all the stimulus, the government doing all that they could do for healthcare. So healthcare had a, a pretty good run there for a period of time. Uh, And now I think the tables have turned a little bit. Um, So I I can't put my finger on the exact reasons why I think it's just that their profit margins have gotten very lean. Uh, You know, there's certainly a lot of regulation in that sector. Uh, So they're, I I wouldn't say that they're doing terrible, but they're, um, they're not performing the way that we've gotten accustomed to in recent memory. So that's one that I think we'll have to kind of wait and see. And to be honest, I'd have to do a little research more on where where the healthcare sector as a whole is going. Um, now the the benefit is they they got a lot of benefit from the government, you know, around the pandemic. But they'll continue in the future. I mean, it's obviously dampened down a lot since that time. But the government is so intertwined with healthcare. And as the boomers and everyone else are aging, you're just going to see more and more, uh, you know, federal dollars have to get poured into the healthcare system and especially in long term care. So I think that there is a really good crutch behind that, um, you know, that that they'll be able to work through.
1: Absolutely. Well, we'll see how that sort of shakes out in the second half of the year. Uh, On that note, you know, seeing the performance of the stock market and these sectors in the first half. Um, What advice would you have for investors, generally speaking, if you've performed well in the first half of the year, should you keep, uh, you know, invested in those particular sectors? Or if you struggled a bit or were behind in the first half, would you suggest sort of uh, reallocating funds to different sectors? What, What advice do you typically give regarding the second half of 2023?
0: Yep. Yeah, I know that's the, the million dollar question. <laughs> and what I would say, number one, and I always mention this as a CFP, that it is a case-by-case basis. You know, every every client is different. But in general, what I advise people is I like to see long-term investing. Uh, I personally don't participate in day trading. I, I certainly don't do it with any of my clients' portfolios. Uh, so usually when we're looking at things, we're considering like three-year time horizons and beyond. So, with that in mind, usually with an investor, I'm sitting down with them, I'm understanding their total financial plan, and then really what's the purpose of these dollars. If it's money that can be out of sight, out of mind, we know we don't need to touch it. Uh, they're an affluent family or individual, and they're putting more and more money in with a long horizon. You know, I'm very much let's get a lot towards equities. Uh, let's participate in the market in, in the most efficient way that we can. I mentioned I like technology. You know, I like a lot of kind of where the future's heading. So it's kind of, you know, I don't want to say jump on the bandwagon, but let's be in that game and then realize that it can be a bit of a roller coaster, but let's remove the emotion. Let's rely on the financial plan to kind of steer the ship. And then as such, we can let our investments kind of do what they have to do. Um, So I'm, I'm not, you know, hey, let's get in, let's get out, you know, and try and time the market. Uh, Now, certainly, we should be rebalancing. I I think that's kind of a key thing. Uh, But for investors as a whole, what I tell everyone is you need to know thyself. If you go in and you're like, I don't know if I'm aggressive or I don't know if I'm conservative, that's where mistakes happen because you're just going to want to follow the herd and you're always like one step behind. So I think that's one thing investors should keep in mind is it's okay to be conservative. It's okay to be aggressive. But you need to know yourself and you need to be able to commit to that so that when there's a downtime, you don't panic. And when there's an uptime, you don't have this hubris of, OK, you know, let's just do more and more. You need to be able to stick to a strategy. And I think that's the biggest takeaway, along with the classics of dollar cost averaging and just semi-annual or annual rebalancing.
1: Yeah, these uh, these are very good points. Uh, would we find these points in in your new book? What should I do with my money?
0: Yes, yeah, they will. So I would definitely guide people there. I I think it's a great uh, book, if I say so myself, that can educate people not just on financial literacy, which is actually the last chapter in the book, a lot of the things we're discussing today, but also economic literacy so that they can step back and kind of see the big picture from, from the kitchen table all the way up to decisions in the Oval Office. You know, what is that interplay? And so once they kind of start to understand that, you know, how do entitlements work? How's education work? How does national debt work? You know, what are we doing with all these kind of geopolitical issues out there? And once you start to understand that, I think now you can start to make informed decisions and have confidence in your plan. And that's really the impetus of my book was to educate people on that. Uh, And one of the things I I say, not to belabor the point, um, but we analyze each of these domains, these economic domains in the book, through a lens of what we call MICE. (laughs) And and just the short story, MICE stands for money, ideology, compromise, and ego. And it's actually a tool that the CIA uses with their spies when they're training (laughs) them to to actually become moles, you know, and, and go behind enemy lines. So when you look at economics and consider money, Mm -hmm. ideology, compromise, and ego, I think it gives you a great way to kind of evaluate decisions.
1: Absolutely. That's an interesting thing that you said there, (laughs) Mike. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the Early Bird Podcast today to discuss the stock market in 2023. Before we wrap up the podcast, I just have one final question for you, and it's the most important question for today's discussion. That question for you, Brian, is what's the most interesting place you've ever done a virtual meeting from?
0: The most interesting place I've done a virtual meeting. Oh, man, that's that's a good one. Well, I'm talking to you right now from a part of our garage that was the kids' playroom that during COVID we turned into a pretty nice office. So (laughs) where I'm at right now has gone through a lot of iterations, but... Um, virtual meeting, I don't know, I would say poolside in Naples is probably.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds was, relaxing.
0: Yeah, that, that was, uh, it's amazing what you could do with technology.
1: <laughs> thank you again to Brian Caderna for sharing your insights on stocks. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.